Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Thoughtful Talent Show. I'm Jen Werner of Jen Werner Coaching. And I'm Chad Ahernet of Talent Teams Consulting. And today we have two wonderful guests back. Actually, both of them are returning to us um, to talk about our Clifton Strengths theme of restorative today. I'm honored to introduce Jessica Cowan. Jessica is an, the owner and principal consultant at Cowan Consulting. Their motto is your need, our solution, which I think is going to be very appropriate for today's episode. Uh, Jessica and her team bring creative, innovative solutions to your unique business needs, including high-performance team and leadership training, strategic planning, small and mid-sized business consulting, uh, implementation planning, She covers all the bases. Uh, Jessica is a fellow uh, Gallup Certified Strengths Coach and an Eating Growth Certified Coach, uh, like um, the rest of us. Jessica is also an adjunct uh, professor at Rhodes College, where she teaches intro to comp uh, computer programming, and also has an extensive background in nonprofits. Um, Jessica is a returning guest, so those of you that saw our um, connectedness episode, there, right? yeah. yeah, okay. I want to make sure I got my notes right on that one. Um, we'll we'll recognize her coming back to the show. So, welcome back, Jessica. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Yes, welcome back, Jessica. And it's my honor to introduce and welcome back Kevin Fallon. You may recognize him from our individualization episode. Uh, Kevin and I went through certification at Gallup uh, years ago. So he is also a Gallup certified coach. Uh, his career has focused on HR, talent acquisition, um, talent development, career coaching and consulting, and more recently in the insurance and financial services. Uh, he's often referred to as high energy as a high energy ideas guy. I love that. Um, who can also get it done? Being dynamic, agile, and a creative problem solver. We're hearing it already. The cues to today, uh, with the ability to simultaneously think strategically and execute tactically. Uh, he says, and I love this is like his motto: "Life is short, so work smart and have fun along the way." Welcome back to the show, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you. So before we dive in, and I have Chad read for us the, the Gallup description, I wanted to just bring it out. Where does restorative sit for everyone? Kevin, for you? Number one. It is number one. Awesome. <laughs> number one. And Jessica, for you? It is number six. So All right. The honorable mention. Yes, I remember <laughs> that from our connectedness episode. Thank you for, for coming on today. And Chad, where is this for you? Yeah, this does not sit particularly high, though it's not the lowest. Um, this is number 21 for me. So okay. I, well, I, I, I get to Well, you beat me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at 25. So, right. so we we have the, the experts here to talk to us today. So before we dive into how this works for them, Chad, can you share with us Gallup's short description? Yeah, so to ground us all, uh, it's always great to start with the short description. So Gallup defines it as, as follows. People exceptionally talented in the restorative theme are adept at dealing with problems. They're good at figuring out what is wrong and then solving, resolving it. So um, we've already started to hear tinges of that. I love that Jen <laughs> brought it out in, in Kevin's intro. Jessica, I, I love your need, your solution. Um, really you know, ties nicely with the, the, the uh, talent theme that we're going to talk about today. Um, and you know, so I think that leads us right into our, our first question, which is, um, you know, we know that traditionally we don't talk about talent themes 
as just themselves in silos. And we'll talk about sort of the theme dynamics later, but I am kind of curious how this theme shows up for you personally. You know, what sort of activities or uh, behaviors do you tend to associate closest with your restorative? Um, Jessica, I'm wondering if you could start us off and Kevin, I, I definitely want you to, you know, engage in this conversation. And um, I know you have plenty to share from uh, from our, our past show on individualization. Um, that that your uh, restorative is also a big part of of how you look at life. So, um, Jessica, why don't you start us off? What does this look like for you? Yeah. So uh, for me, restorative, um, it really you know it shows up everywhere in the sense that like I absolutely love solving problems, and like sometimes problems are or things that aren't necessarily uh, operating effectively or efficiently how it should shows up, and so our. our I'm able to see like what's wrong, you know, um, when I'm sitting around and talking to people or sitting in meetings, a lot of times I might find like hurdles or challenges or things that might need tweaking. And so like I, or anytime I hear a problem, I'm like so willing to like solve it or come up with a solution. Um, my nickname, some people call me like clutch because I'm, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just like the person that they can depend on, like to come up with a solution, like, especially like in a very critical moment. So Nice. Uh, if someone show up to do something um, and it restore to being the executing, like it's how I get things done. A lot of times it activates me. Like if there's a problem and I have a solution, then I'm like taking off to like solve it. Um, and, and the good thing about it is like, it, it allows us to like sometimes foresee problems and solutions. Like um, I can see, like if I'm hearing uh, for instance, like, if I'm talking to someone or even just a few days ago, someone's texting me and they had a problem come up and, and, or they was just telling me about a problem. And within the next minute or so, like I texted them the solution. I was like, here, just do this. <laughs> um, and so uh, for me, it really is, I'm like a troubleshooter. I'm just always there with solutions and um, can identify the problem, but match it to a solution. So it just shows up everywhere. Nice. Nice. I love the, the, the tinge or the slight variation on, um, identifying problems, but then immediately solving them. Because I know Jen and I talk a lot about our deliberative <laughs> of seeing the risks coming, but then we usually have to tap into another theme to sort of get over them or, or, or figure our way through them. So um, love, love that start, Jessica. Kevin, I'm curious what you would have, um, you know, how does this show up a little differently or what were what, <laughs> I, I was noticing some <laughs> nodding. So I'm sure some things are resonating. Um, how does, how does restorative show up in your life? Um, well, well, sure. So first, I just have to tell you guys, and I've, I've taken this assessment four times since 2008. In, in um, it, Each time it was related to a job. I had started a job or joined a new team and was asked to take it. And at the time, first time I lived in New York, and I'd been living in New York for many years at that point. So, you know, the old saying about New York makes you very cynical and jaded. So, you know, I kind of had this, oh boy, an assessment. Wow, what, what's this possibly going to do, right? Yeah. Well, then I got the results and I read restorative because the first time I, and by the way, all four times I've taken it, restorative has bounced between one or two. Okay. Um, with that before the show. Um, and I read the description and and I was, I was instantly hooked on this mm -hmm. assessment, reading that description the first time. Cause like, this is so me and it is just so accurate. And I can trace it all the way back to when I was a kid, I can think back to some of the best times I had with my dad. We would be fixing things. Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking about like our, our shed in our backyard was dilapidated. Everything was overgrown. It was just a real eyesore. And one Saturday we went out 
and we just started clearing away all the overgrowth, painted it, went to the hardware store, got new hinges, new hardware, fixed it. It looked like a brand new shed by the end of the weekend. And I just remember that satisfaction and like sitting there looking at it. And and so then it just started to kind of go from there all, all throughout my life. And my first job, um, you know, I became known as the continuous improvement fix-it person because I just liked fixing things. Um, in my personal life, you know, because originally you had a the original question that you had asked, it's like, yeah, yeah how is this personally? Um, on the personal side, when I get involved in nonprofits, um, volunteering, it doesn't take long for them to kind of tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, would you like to be president or VP? And that's happened on more than one occasion. And and, and it's it, because, you know, I just, I have this passion and energy for going in and fixing things. And, you know, if there's a problem, something to be improved upon, I love to tackle it head on. Um, and I and I just love the feeling that comes from, it could be fixing up a house. You know, there was a point in my life where my hobby was, to buy old rundown houses. This was back before, even before HGTV made it. Before everybody else was doing right? it. And then, and then everybody got in on the act and it's not, it's not any fun anymore. Um, but um, where, you know, I would, I could see, and, and my parents used to tease me about this when I was a kid, because I would study, this was back before the internet. So I'm going to really age myself. Okay, boomer. This is an okay boomer moment. Even though I'm no. not a boomer, I'm Gen X. Okay? Yes, so Gen X. The younger folks are watching. They're probably going, okay, boomer. Um, <laughs> but before we had the internet, when you wanted to buy a house, you would go to, you would get a magazine. Yeah. There were homes books. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you'd go to your favorite pizza place or, and you'd be waiting for your pizza. You'd pick up the homes book and you'd flip through it. Well, I would, every time we would go to a restaurant, I'd grab that thing, I'd study it. And I'd, I'd study these houses and my parents said, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm coming up with ideas for how to fix it up or how to change it. <laughs> nice. The worst thing that ever happened in my free time was when Realtor.com came along and then oh. you started getting 50 pictures of a house instead of just that one in the magazine. Because yeah. then you could look at the rooms and you could really plan out how you would renovate it. But... Oh, wow. Nice. That's nice. so great. That's awesome. I would add memory to my computers um, as a kid because uh, I needed more uh, memory space to play the games that I wanted to play. So the computer... <sighs> And I would always oh update and fix my um, old PC, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So fixing that's... things as a kid. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Nick. And I wanted to tap into something you said, Kevin. Like, you sound like this, this like actually energizes you, like to yeah. see the problems and to think of the ideas and, and the ways that it can be fixed. Is that true? Absolutely. Positively. And in fact, you know, there's times where it can almost, can almost become a little bit of a distraction and a story I would tell you is one time at work, you know, I was asked to do an assignment and deliver a report. And while trying to build and compile the report, I was finding all of these broken process mm. issues and problems. And I wanted to fix them as I was going along. And my leadership kept reminding me, we just need the final report by this date. Don't worry about those other things right now. We'll take care of those when the time comes. But right now, focus on getting us the data on time. And then you can, after we get past the deliverable deadline, then you can go back and fix things. But yes, it's the, I, I, I just, it really truly is energizing. And, and I think it's the, it's kind of like the, the fun or the thrill of figuring it out. Mm. You know, yeah. you talking about, you know, your computer, you know, you probably just got really into it and then, and then enjoying the end result when you were done. It was like exactly. icing on the cake. Yeah, yeah, Jessica, yeah. you were nodding a lot. Is is that energizing for you too? 
Absolutely. I mean, like I said, like, I feel like uh, it activates me in a sense, like it gets me started and then it keeps me going. Like um, just always constantly finding solutions, even working with clients that have like a lot of different like ideas or things or businesses that they're working on. I love helping them overcome the obstacles and challenges that they uh, encounter on an everyday basis. So it, it, it fuels me. Yeah. Awesome. I, one oh, of the other things that, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I, I was just going to say one of the things I'm, I'm hearing, and I think Jessica, um, we've talked about this a little bit before of this is not a surface level fixing. This mm -hmm. is deep core stuff, right? This is right. Yeah. Um, it, it, it doesn't do much good. Um, and Kevin, you may have brought this up when we were talking in, our, in the last time we had you on is this is not just slap of coat of paint on something. This is mm -hmm. fix, fix. This is like, going the report direction, you didn't just want to fix the final report. You want to fix every other step that led into it. Is, and is that it, a and theme through both of you that it's about the core, not the, not the surface yeah. sex? Yeah. Um, for me, it's, it's like, it was when I'm working with individuals and it took me a minute to realize that restorative and I, I and feel free to chime in if it's a restorative trait or just, you know, it could be the, the, Computer science is is all about solving problems. I I didn't know this when I chose this as a major, but it made sense as to why I enjoyed like building code, solving problems and thinking through things at a critical level and then breaking things down. And so even as restorative, when I'm looking at problems, like I like to break it down to the core root of the problem. Like what is the root issue? Um, and, and working with people in the workplace, sometimes I realize that sometimes their solution might cause other problems along the way. And so mm -hmm. the solutions that I, I tend to come up with are, are usually able to solve future problems that might come up, or I really try to identify that core issue that's really causing the most problems and, and try to, um, uh, and come up with a solution for that. That that's really energizing for me. Like that, yeah. that's exciting. Like, I love that. And everyone doesn't like problems. So. It's weird. I mean, it's not weird. Sorry. <laughs> you know, you have to realize that. So, yeah. Kevin, Kevin that, what's your take on this core, this core versus surface? Take? Yeah, no, I was just going to say, you're reminding me of a time when um, one of the houses that I was renovating, um, I opened up one of the walls and found pretty significant structural issues. And, you know, one of the people that was involved said, oh, you know what, we'll just Put, a, put up new sheetrock, paint it. Nobody will really know the underlying issue. Doesn't matter. You're going to sell this anyway. And I said, no, that's that's not that's just not the way we do things. That's not the way I want to do things. That's not the right way of doing it. We're going to tackle this head on, and we're going to go all the way down to the bones and correct you know correct what's below the surface. Um, and I think you know it, it it's the energizing, the satisfaction of doing it, but it's also the peace of mind of knowing you did it right. Because, yeah. you know, I, I didn't want to pass something on to somebody and then right. have, you know, have them experience issues. Yeah. yeah. My, my delirium can get along with that. Yeah. And my responsibility yeah. list that you took that on. Yep. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I want to move us into, you know, a, a bit of a different place. We, we always like to talk about um, keeping our, our uh, talents in the Goldilocks zone, but sometimes they can run a little hot and get us in some trouble. Um, so I want to start there first um, and finish on a high note. But if we, if we start here first, we know that our talents can be our, our 
discussed things and they can also drag us down. So do you guys have any examples of where restorative has maybe gotten in your way, um, negatively impacted your life or work? Kevin, let's start with you. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, where I could, there's, there's times where I wish I could not see certain problems or certain things. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was involved in my neighborhood in, in, in the community, you know, I would come home from work and I would pull in through the entrance and I would see what was wrong with the entrance gates. And I would go to meetings and talk about it and it wasn't getting anywhere. So finally, I just got out and I did it. And I just spent a couple of weekends fixing it. And some people were like, wow, you know, we had no idea. And there's some people who still to this day have no idea what we did or why we did it or why it was important and why it mattered. Um, so there's times where I wish I would could not see certain things and not let those things bother me to the point where, you know, I'll pull an all nighter fixing things mm -hmm. I really didn't need to fix just because I just had to fix it. And once my mind was made up and I was on a mission, it had to be done. But, you know, there've been multiple times throughout my career in, in the work context where, you know, I'd be in danger of not hitting a deliverable deadline because I was fixing things that may not necessarily needed to be addressed at that point in time. Um, so yeah, that's where it can, it can really challenge you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you for that. Jessica, do you have similar or, or other examples? Yeah, no, those are great examples, Kevin, because sometimes we can get in the weeds of the problem, um, versus kind of targeting it towards that mission or the goal, the overall goal. Like, is this problem crucial to hindering us from achieving the goal? Um, but now similar for me, negative ways that it has, you know, in impacted my life in a negative manner is, is uh, sometimes, you know, I had to realize over time that everyone does not want a solution to the problems that they might be presenting to you. And mm -hmm. they might not even want to know that what they're talking about is a problem. There's a problem in the midst. And so um, a lot of times, like, so as in a sense of negatively impacting me, I use it as a power tool though for while growing up because I love, I love to hear like I I was just like I would tell people come vent like you can always vent to me like it doesn't bother me, you know people with high positivity probably would complete <laughs> opposite you know but I I didn't realize that what I loved doing was hearing problems and and coming up helping them solve their problems things that are frustrating them and and my restorative looks a lot like a. I like to help people solve their problems because I have relationship building themes surrounding my um, restorative theme. And so uh, so how it can negative impact is is really sometimes even in the workplace, um, sometimes the organization is building and moving. And so uh, you don't need to identify all the problems uh, every time you see them. Um, there's a time and a place and even uh, sometimes people that you need to um, share those things with and and not only identifying the problem, you have to move forward and to start identifying and presenting solutions. And I found that to be more how I've switched it from negatively impacting my life to being like, oh, no, you're always like criticizing, always like pointing out things that don't work well, like what works right, you know, like, and I had to like shift and realize that, oh, I do identify the problem a lot, but I don't see it as an issue. Like, so I switched that to like, okay, what is the solution to these problems? Um, another way is sometimes like I found myself maybe shifting careers too soon or because I was frustrated with the lack of movement towards a solution, you mm. know, it's like you know what the solution is, but we're not, we might not care about identifying or addressing that problem. And 
as someone with high restorative, like that, that ruffles my, it just doesn't sit well with me. You know, I'm always looking to improve or or get something back to its original state or even get it to uh, where it can be with my developer that, that kind of leads me there. But um, I found myself getting frustrated with like lack of movement towards solutions and towards goals. And then that lack of frustration sometimes leads me to become disengaged from the environment to remove myself completely or to just not be around as much. And and so I found that probably, yeah, I think that could negatively impact um, someone or even it has had a negative impact on my life, but I've kind of learned from those mistakes and now lean more into the solution piece. You know, you know, you make me, make me think about, you're making me think about how as a coach, one of the things, because when I was getting coached on how to be a better coach, um, one of the things that I, I was told was that like, like if Jen were to bring me a problem and I was the coach, I would want to launch right into, this is how we're going to solve it. This is how we're going to fix it. This is what we're going to do mm-hmm. instead of taking Jen along for the problem solving journey to get to the answer. And a perfect illustration of this was one time I was at a conference and they called a person up on the stage who had no idea how to juggle. They said, if you have no idea how to juggle, we want you to come up on stage. So a brave person goes up on the stage <laughs> and the facilitator who knew how to juggle was going to teach this person how to juggle without telling them how to juggle. And it was fascinating to me how within just, I think it, I think it took about 15 minutes, they had a person juggling and, without telling them exactly what to do. And wow. it was because they they kind of helped this person problem solve it. And, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. what I was told was that's what makes a great coach is when you take your client through yeah. the problem solving journey, don't just hand them a solution. My right. biggest temptation when I was doing co- <laughs> working in college career services, right. college students, and they'd come in with a messy resume. My biggest temptation was give me that in electronic format. We'll put it up on the computer. We'll fix it right now. And they would give me a flash drive. We'd plug in their computer and I'd start fixing the com- fixing up the resume. I would teach them as I was going along. This needs to be here. Here's the reason yeah. why, you know, the person has tension span, all that stuff. But, you know, my other coaches were like, well, that's really not the way we do this because, <laughs> you know, the old expression, you know, you give a person a fish, they'll eat for yeah. a day, yeah. you teach a person officially for a lifetime kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. Kevin, that reminded me of um, when you said like, we always kind of sometimes present the solution. For me, that's where I had to find the balance of coaching and consulting. Cause sometimes like I love presenting solutions so much and sometimes businesses need that solution that like I, I couldn't just do coaching. I had to do the consulting piece too, but there is a balance between, you know, really helping people uh, understand and problem solving and teaching them those skills. That's, that's crucial. One of the things you've shared with us in the past, Jessica, is about that, like the difference between the raw and the mature in restorative. Can you share that um, Mm. with with our audience too? Yeah, uh, I believe it's around like uh, being more problem driven versus solutions driven. Is Mm. that what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember exactly how you said it before, but you said (laughs) so well, I wanted to make sure that we said that because that's what I've noticed in those who have Mm -hmm. high restorative is that they are able to see the problems. Typically, they also know exactly what to do to fix it, which I didn't realize. And, and sometimes they were getting shut down because they're always you know, bringing up like, this is what I see, this is what's wrong. And yeah. they were getting shut down before they could even offer the solution. Cause everyone's like you said, with positivity, right. I don't want to hear any more of it. Like, don't <laughs> tell me about the problems. Right. Right. 
Yeah. And you know what helped me? One, uh, I was in grad school, and one of my friends, like I think it was, I was on one of these rants, you know, going through all the problems that I saw, you know, and <laughs> she was very patient and allowed me to rant away. And then she asked this one powerful question that I'll never forget, and she was like, "So what did you learn from this? Or so what's the solution? You know, just the, asking mm -hmm. those questions can really turn a switch in our brains to be like, okay, yeah. So let me now stop talking about the problem and now get to the end and present." the solution like what is the end result like because we have ideas about all this stuff um and, and yeah. yeah there's there's a calmness that comes with identify like dealing with problems for me yeah yeah awesome well you guys are launching perfectly into where i wanted to go next which is like where do you see this and how has this like really helped or benefited your life your work um whether that be you know personal life and and work um yeah any ways you feel like this has really launched you or been able to launch the success of of your business i mean we both have already kind of touched on that kevin can we start with you this time too yeah sure absolutely i can i can point to three jobs that i've had in my career where um, a recruiter approached me and said, hey, we've heard about the work that you've done and how you've transformed um, in your current gig. We'd like to talk to you about an opportunity with us. Um, so uh, like a colleague, one time it was a colleague that had that I had worked with had left and gone to a new company and had talked me up at the new company and said, you know, if you want somebody who can fix this, this is the person you need to contact. Um, and so they did. And, and then it led to a the the three kind of highlights of my career, three of the of the brightest spots were those three where um, it was the restorative theme that had kind of um, caused them to reach out to me and invite me onto their team and give me the opportunity to take on the endeavor. Um, and then um, really leveraging the restorative in those roles to achieve objectives and get the job done. So um, yeah, it's definitely been I, I I would say it's probably the core theme to my career. Oh, that's that's so, awesome. So what interesting a celebration. To yeah. Well, I was gonna say, what an interesting take on um sort of career transitions and, and sort of your I don't know, the word trademark is coming to mind. You know, mm -hmm. the, the sort of the thing you're known for is you know, so often in business, um, particularly in business, we're always hearing about sort of the newest and greatest thing. And all of this innovative leader can bring brand new approaches. And yet here we're hearing a wonderful application of a set of talents that are a lot about sort of fixing the processes. And I just really appreciate you highlighting that, Kevin, because I think some people that, you know, I think it's sinking a little bit with my, with my uh, deliberative and the responsibility mm -hmm. um, of often I was the one that pointing out the risks or pointing out the problems that were forthcoming um, yeah. that didn't always get the attention they, they deserved. Um, and yet here you are making a career out of, you are the fix it guy, you know, yeah. the, and I, I think that's just fantastic. So really appreciate you highlighting it. Cause I think that there are some people, you know, Jess has brought it up, you've brought it up. You can be very problem focused but yet there is a massive benefit to that in the long run. So I just, I think that'll be comforting to some of our listeners that are like, well, I'm always talking about the problems and nobody seems, seems to see the benefit here. You've made the entire benefit of your career out of it. So <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to cut just off. Awesome. I just, I, I thought that that was fantastic. And I, I've been working with some people with restorative that are really 
maybe struggling to see, you know, what is the true benefit? How does this get recognized? And here you are, you know, being recognized three times over for it. So yeah. Um, and what, and what a celebration to be able to be like noticed and, yeah. and, you know, recommended because of this ability. I, th I think that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Jessica, what, what about for you? Um, yeah, no, that, those are like, I love that because, um, the career transitions, as you said, like it is, you know, helped you shift. I just mentioned how sometimes it has helped me shift out of positions. Um, mm -hmm. However, I was reflecting and, and that shift has also, the restorative has also given me the confidence to face problems like head on, you know, like mm -hmm. I don't think I would have been as confident to uh, launch my business or even to shift out of uh, career fields if I didn't um, lean in this restorative strength of being able to solve problems head on. And as they come up, like I'm confident enough to be, to feel like I will be able to come up with a solution. Um, that's also trust and, and faith and all that. There's other strengths that help that. But um, I, I, I've always, you know, I'm motivated by problems. And so when I feel like as it, it has helped my, me in my life and business is I'm able to make order out of chaos a lot of times, like, and, and nice. Like people know in businesses, even they know that there's not a problem that I'm like afraid to address and to take on like, and, and address like right there. If I can, if I have the tools that I need to address a problem right there, like I'm looking to address it right then and there um, and, and to come up with solutions. And so, um, so it's helped me like launch my business. It is, you know, as you mentioned earlier, like my motto, your need, our solutions, like people have needs and 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 communities have needs and so there's a lot of issues and problems that need to be addressed out here and so I I think um I lean into it also to lean to look at things on a grander scale like what are the community mm -hmm. needs and what what is the the thing that can really help communities thrive uh and and it started off being like you know we need more nonprofits we need stuff for the youth and then it turned into we need foundations because we need places to pour this money into and so I've been really adamant in helping get a uh, foundation started in our community because I'm like, I just kept going to different like problems. Like this is a problem. This, this is, this is needed. Like this is needed, but in order to supply this, we need this. And so it just kept, you know, uh, going on a, on a larger scale. And so um, I've been really involved in helping get some things going in a community to, to help uh, address the problems in the long run. And, um, and so it just helps, helps me get things going and started. And so I think that has um, has come into play a lot of ways and people know that they can depend on me to to come up with solutions and and identify the problems. Like if you want to know, I, I tell <laughs> places now if they hire me, like I'm like, don't ask me what the problem is unless you want to know all the problems because <laughs> and if you're really ready to move towards a solution, then we can talk. But otherwise, if you're not solution oriented or you're not ready to address the solution, you'll just kind of, you know, cause some friction or something. <laughs> well, and I love hearing all the energy too. It's back to that echoing of, of what Kevin said, like this actually energizes you guys. It gets you started and it, it like excites you to see the problems and then know that you could tackle them. So what? Yeah. yeah. And then, what and then to Jessica's earlier point about, you know, I can, I can so relate to this one where, you know, if you're not seeing enough progress and mm. in, in towards improvement and fixing things, then 
you tend to just, you know, get reach a point where you're like, I'm frustrated, I'm out of here. You know, I, yeah. I, I, so I, you know, I've confronted that too in my career where um, I just didn't feel like, you know, leadership was listening or cared or had any interest in, you know, continuing to grow and evolve and develop and, you know, be the best that we could possibly be. And so I just said, well, then it's time for me to go find the next gig because yeah. this isn't. And then, you know, Jessica, I was also, when I hear you talk about, you know, your different experiences and talk about clients, you know, I've had times where I've exited relationships with clients because it was clear to me that they were not interested in problem solving. Mm. And it was just, to me, it just felt like wheels I, stuck in the mud. Yeah. And just yeah. Rehash, rehash, rehash. And, you know, sure. I mean, I could have been, you know, slightly unethical and just kept the money coming and just said, right. yeah, let's talk, you know? Right. you know, but it just wasn't the best use of everybody's time, you know? Does the Einstein quote come to mind when you think of cycles or doing something over and over, like a definition of insanity? Is uh -huh. That quote comes what, what, like, what Karen's face. Uh -huh. oh like, I would say that's a big fat yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. So just wondering, I won't quote the quote because sometimes I just have to offend anyone, but it's that quote comes to mind anytime I find myself. I'm like, mm, I don't want to be, this is not for me. Let me continue on. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, and oh. and I could I could say from my my place of responsibility and belief, I I have that similar struggle as a coach because yeah. I want to see them do better. Like if you're coming to yeah. me, we're we're you know we're trying to work on something, we're trying to get you to where you want to be, but if you're not looking like you're trying to move, sorry, that activator is like, peace out. You know, I <laughs> I do it much better than that, but but it, there is a. <laughs> There is a, a time that's like, you have to put in the work, you have to take on the responsibility for your own life, because yeah. I can't take you there. And I'm sure you guys both deal with that with, with the restorative high, if you can't solve yeah. the problems for them. Yeah, I don't know how we, how we move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin, that made me think of something else that you said when you mentioned, like, it sounds a lot like maximizer, you know, like when it was oh, like, yeah. constantly seeking to improve or even developer, but um, I had heard someone say like maximizer, they want to only work with things that work well, or, you know, that's already working oh. well, where it's restorative. We want to identify what's causing the issue and what's, what's stopping us and, and, and fix that. And so um, it sounds like, but then they were like, those are the two, like they're completely different things in a sense that one likes yeah. to work with something that's already working well. And we like to go identify the thing that's broken and fix it. <laughs> Oh, the, the shed in the backyard. Yeah, right. <laughs> cool. And Chad, do you, Chad, do you remember when we were on our 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 maximizer episode? Because maximizer is um, I oh shoot, I don't even know where it is for me. I I know it's somewhere close, but um, it's it was one of those ones where I kept going to the fix. Like they're trying to fix yeah. it and no, and they're like, no, 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 we're trying to make it better, not yeah. fix it. It's uh -huh. not broken. We're making it better. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I can see where my lens is tinted there. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. I've always seen those two on sort of a spectrum, you know, the, the mm -hmm. res restorative, you know, kind of gets it halfway down the line and then the maximizers want to start picking it up, but maximizers <laughs> don't want to start at the, Polish. the end and restoratives <laughs> yeah. don't typically like once it's in working order, yeah. I mean, granted, I'm sure you could continue to find, you know, smaller and smaller problems. And, and, you know, that is probably some of that spinning wheel of, mm -hmm. uh, well, we could spend just a little bit more time, keep fixing. At least that's the, that's the thread I'm, I'm hearing. Um, but maximizers have like much more of an, an eye toward that, you know, better to superb um, part yeah. of the spectrum. So a polish. Um, 
Yes. <laughs> so since we're already starting to talk about other themes, um, I want to kind of move us to, to the next question, which, um, you know, now we've started to get a good sense of what this theme kind of looks like on its own. We know as coaches that our themes don't operate in silo and those that we often coach, we're starting to try and help them understand, all right, what other themes are coming to play? I'm curious if there are particular themes that you have found to be super beneficial for yourselves that have kind of accelerated the success of restorative. So, you know, is there something that you loop in with restorative on a regular basis? You're like, yeah, this just accelerates the success um, or the impact that it makes. Um, and Jess, if you want to start us off and Kevin, I definitely want to come back to you and, and hear what themes you have to, to play into this. Yeah, um, for me, like, I think even on the connectedness episode, we talked about how that's a core. So connectedness must be mentioned, but uh, I really lean on that individualization and responsibility, like creating unique solutions for individuals or clients based on their needs. And there's so many different factors that go into play uh, that could affect an issue or a problem. And so being able to 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 apply those lens helps um the responsibility pieces i very like i'm the best accountability partner that someone can ask for like if you give me a deadline a time you say you want to meet this goal i'm on it i'm on you on like let's, <laughs> let's make it um so developer i mean sorry responsibility individualization connectedness and then the last one is developer i lean on that one a little bit to help me like not only get the problem or situation back to its original state, but I also like to get it to the next like level. So building it, fix, fixing it so that it can go to the next level. So developing that potential. Um, those are some of the things that I lean on constantly in addition to the restorative. Nice. Love that. Great start. Kevin, What? where do you go with, with yours? Because I know you've got a different talent theme blend than, than Jessica does. So what themes uh, are, are you using to, to loop into your restorative? So are you ready for this? <laughs> Get a yes. load of this, right? <laughs> restorative is number one. Strategic is number two. Individualization is number three. Developer is number four. Ideation is number five. And futuristic is number six. Oh, wow. And, and, and like, if you, you look at that, that's, that's why I was so connected with this assessment the first time I took it. And it, because I was like, absolutely, because the excitement of thinking about what the future, like generating the idea around what it could be like, and then fixing all the parts to get it there. So it's that that kind of change journey, you know, that like the change management journey wow. of saying, all right, okay. let's all get together and figure out what's our ideal future state vision. And then yeah. what we have to do to get there. Wow. Oh, so I didn't just... know your honorable mention of futuristic was right there. Right there. Like yeah, so, that, so... that puts you in a different level. I mean, uh -huh. a different year. Uh... Oh, well, well, that's what I'm, that's interesting because that's what I'm hearing is that uh, you two are almost going in similar tracks, but using very different tasks to get there. I'm hearing, you yeah. know, Jessica, you're, you're getting things set up, good solid foundation for that next stage, that developer that really kicks in. Mm -hmm. And Kevin, I'm hearing the same sort of thread from yours, but the strategic and the futuristic looking above and beyond just fixing the, the current problem, but yeah. setting the almost like that developer, but thinking much more future oriented than what I think a lot of people see restorative as is 
oh, there's a current problem, let's fix it. And you know, that's been a, a big um, chunk of your comments to this point, both of you. Um, but wow, what an interesting, like get to the same place, couple different talent mixed uh, right. you know, combos. So, so Kevin, go so ahead. Chad, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm surprised Jen hasn't brought this up yet, but when <laughs> we took our class together, we talked about how there could be literally hundreds of chocolate chip cookie recipes yes, out there, right? Right, <laughs> with all kinds of different variations, but at yeah. the end result is it's chocolate chip cookie, and yeah. the recipe that I use might be slightly different from your recipe, right? As long as they're soft, I my yeah. chocolate chip <laughs> right. have to be soft. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, so that was like became a theme of our class. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. um, where were the strengths cookies? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We all had di- we all had different recipes, but we got there the same. You know, we got to the same thing, just different yeah. ways. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it's awesome. just, I think it's, I just, I wanted to highlight that because I think a lot of people get wrapped up into, well, I have to have certain themes to do certain, yeah. you know, yeah. have certain themes to do certain things. And yet you two have just highlighted that you're getting to very similar places, maybe not exactly the same, but very similar uh, places using yeah. some very different themes. Yeah. So, I just, I know that wasn't really at the core of the question no, I asked, but wow, yeah. what an insight for everybody right. involved. Because yeah. strength is always about like how we do things, how mm-hmm. we're successful. And, and like they say, like we can all do similar things and do the same thing, but how we get there is different. And that's, that's the, yeah. that's, that's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Well, I don't want, I, <laughs> Um, I, 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 my learner doesn't want to leave this thread, but I do have another theme dynamics question that I wanted to ask that may, <laughs> may play on this in some way, but, you know, Jen asked earlier about, you know, our, our themes kind of getting away from us, you know, taking us to those sort of negative places or, you know, overly, uh, applied and you provide some great answers around what that looks like. I am curious now you know, given you have slightly different theme blends, are there particular themes that you use to kind of not necessarily rein in your restorative, but just get it in its better spot? It's sort of Goldilocks zone. Jen, Jen brought that term up. Um, bring it back to a bit more of a mature, appropriate level restorative. Uh, and Kevin, I'd love to hear from you first about what theme you might use to you know, that somebody else might resonate with, one of our listeners might resonate with that, you know, oh, I have that theme too. I can, I can, you know, pair it with my restorative and get it back in the right spot. Um, what themes do you lean on to, to get your restorative back into the right vein? I, I would say probably the first two that come to mind would be, you know, discipline and deliberative. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. You know, when working on a project team, you know, I have to discipline myself to be, you know, to, and dial up the deliberative to understand that I'm a part of a project team and that I can't just come in and say, this is what we're going to fix. We're going to fix it this way. and We're going to get it done. It's you have to engage the full team. So I I would say probably that would be the first two come to mind. And then I'd be interested okay. to see what, what Jessica has to say, because yeah. I might think of a couple more. <laughs> yeah. So Jess, balls in your cart now. <laughs> what right, what things do you use it. It to, to bring restorative back into back into its right, you know, yeah. mind? To keep me off the problem train of just identifying. Like, <laughs> sure, if that's where you want to go. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I really do. I try to lean into um, 
responsibility like because again that responsibility is a it's a love love hate type relationship with that <laughs> thing you know like I love it yep. but I have to learn how to hone it in so now I lean into it to know when to when, and when I'm presenting solutions or problems like and when I'm trying to actually solve the problem like I'm like is it my responsibility or is this someone else's responsibility to kind of like solve the problem because we not only like want to present solutions. Sometimes we want to we want to actually be a part of the solution. Like we oh, like to do. Okay. Like I, I I like to actually like I like to get like I like to get my hands into the mix and and really do things. But now I'm learning how to take a step back, how to delegate as as Kevin kind of just mentioned. Like yeah. delegate tasks and and that also. So is it my responsibility to solve this problem, or do I just need to present a solution and keep going? Developer. I actually need to lean, I lean into that to like allow people to go through this process of learning and, and learning how to actually identify the problem and be a part of the solution themselves. So empowering other people, um, to oh, get Jessica, to, yes. you, when you said that you just reminded me, you shared with, with us before, I think about how you don't solve problems, um, that you're going to give your students ahead of time. Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you share that? Yes, this is as an educator. Oh my gosh, y'all. Like, so the first year is fine because I had to like go through and solve the problems myself. But the second semester, third semester, now I'm like, I already know the answer. So like, I'll just give you the solution. And I found, I had to like tweak it. Now I'm like, okay, let's not even, let's, I know what the problem is. Don't remind yourself of the solution before class because I'm tempted to just give them the solution or oh. get there sooner than actually allowing them to go through this process of figuring it out. Like there's so much power in like, like you said, teaching them how to fish is better than just giving them the fish. I feel like they've been given fishes their whole lives and no one even knows what a fishing pole is these days. So, <laughs> right. I, I, like they, literally they might not know what a fishing pole is. Like, so, um, so now I have to go through this process of like, I'm like, okay, y'all, I might seem like I don't know the answer, but the thing is, if I know the answer, I'll give it to you. So I want mm -hmm. you to see how I'm going to work through this, or I want you to figure it out too. Like this is a process. It's that problem solving, critical thinking skills that they they need to get out of my class. And so I love doing that. Like I love just like yeah. helping them solve it themselves. Um, yeah. yeah, that that brought me out. And then um, the other thing that keeps me out of rabbit, rabbit hole is the connectedness. So connectedness, mm -hmm. identifying and connecting the problem or the solution to a goal, like to the mission. If it's not connected to the goal or mission, then maybe I don't, or if it's not even hindering the goal or mission, then maybe I don't need to mm. um, identify or even like, you know, talk about this problem or issue. Like I don't need to give it as much uh, power as it could have or energy as, as it could have. Um, so yeah, those are the things nice. that come to mind. Those are great. I think those will be really helpful for our listeners that might yeah. try to be figuring out the right way to sort of manage and, and apply their restorative while yeah. keeping on the right track <laughs> um, and going at the yeah. right speed. Um, so I, I really appreciate you you uh, throwing out some of those theme dynamics for us. Yeah. So in our experience, you know, as coaches, we we have run into other people that maybe have have themes that are the same as ours, but they use them very differently. Have either of you run into clients or other colleagues that also have restorative, but are coming out in a, in a really different way than, than what you've shared with us today? Jessica, do you want to start? 
Uh, yes. Um, so I was thinking about this and I actually, you know, I had to look and see, okay, who are my clients with high restorative or who are people that I work with? Um, and the one that uses it slightly different. So in a unique way was this individual has like restorative context, connectedness in her top five. Mm -hmm. And so the way she comes about like identifying problems and presenting solutions is so like, oh, she also has, sorry, her top five is restorative individualization, empathy, context, and connectedness. So she has that empathy, individualization, context, connectedness, but she leads with restorative at the top. So wow. the problems that she was encountering or identifying, it was very on a very deep level of like, and there was a historical context to it. So she was looking at a historical pattern that she'd seen, um, identifying the problem, and the solution that she presented was just so like, I mean, it resonated with the individual because it was, she's, those are some relationship building themes. And so she's identifying problems in people, but on a historical and deep level. And oh, so, wow. like, oh, okay. Like, that's interesting. You know, like, how did you come up with that problem? And when she told me, I was like, wow, okay. That is a new, pro I didn't know that was a problem, but I can see, I can see that. Okay. And so that was just very interesting for me to, yeah. to witness and, um, to hear someone come up with a problem that I had never like considered uh, in in the context of what we were talking about, so. Yeah, yeah. oh, great example. Yes. Kevin, do you have any? Do, absolutely. I So <laughs> I worked one time. Um, one of the things I love about this assessment when you take it, um, when you join a team or you have a, a fairly new team that comes together, um, it just makes, it gives you such insights into each other. And, and then it just makes things just make sense because, they have, you know, if you do it and then you start working with the person. And one time I was I was working with um, so I've reported to somebody who um, had restorative top five, but also had um, was very analytical, intellectual and um, mm -hmm. had to gather the inputs. And the, so, she, so she was all about data. So it was yeah. let's go deep into the data and look at the, you know, and I was more. <clears throat> My restorative was more of almost like an architect. You know, I wanted to design. I wanted to think creatively outside the box and, you know, create visions. And she was about the data. What's the data telling us? What's the data going to lead us to? You know, give me more data. Give me more information. And it was interesting because, you know, and the, the analogy that I would draw is like, I was the, I was more of like the, the creative architect and she was more of the engineer, the tactical oh, engineer. Oh, yeah. You know, where, where all the screws went. Right. Yeah, yeah, and and very you know precision. Yep, yep. Wow, wow. I love it. No, it, yeah. it's it's so it's so interesting about like what themes kind of surround it. As you mentioned, like there's people who are kind of data driven in the solutions, or uh, and then there's the people oriented, the relationship. Mm -hmm solution or problem identifying then there's like you said like the future visionary type like problem solving and solution oriented it's, it's so interesting how it's how it shows up for me yeah, yeah. we we like to chad and i were saying when, when we first started with these episodes that you know it's really about like what's seizing it seasoning it right it's, it's uh, like yeah. we have all of our little season and depending on what those seasons are it could taste like tacos or taste <laughs> like you know you know whatever so <laughs> We're not making taco cookies, but yeah. anyway, <laughs> you get where I was going. Chad, did you have any other examples that you wanted uh, to share? No, I, well, I, I have one, but it's just hearing Jessica's example um, just yeah. brought to mind uh, a, a, uh, actually a group of people that I, I'm 
doing some work with right now that just have a lot of relationship building, especially um, oh. a lot of high empathy. And mm. so a lot of the, the problems, I mean, to stay with the lingo of the episode, um, yeah, it, it really has been around figuring out what the, what the social dynamics are and what mm. sort of emotional weight is being put on certain aspects of the work. Um, and, you know, a number of the members are, are doing some great work around it and, you know, are, are finding ways to use that restorative. But it was from a coaching perspective, it was a new blend that I had not anticipated mm -hmm. um, and have really had to do some of my own work on figuring out, OK, well, what are the best questions and, and how can I help them sort of teach themselves to fish, to use to, yeah. uh, to use Kevin's analogy, um, but just yeah. been a different blend and there's nothing you know, bad or, or, you know, it's not good or bad. It's just, it is what it is. And, but it was definitely a, a, a unique um, restorative aspect. Interestingly, in the same organization, I had another gentleman who restorative number one, like you, Kevin, running super high and super hot, very, very focused on problems. Um, what has been awesome to see around that is that he's used a number of his other themes to switch over to what Jessica has been talking about. And both of you have been talking about is transitioning from just finding the problems to then finding the solutions. The solution and he, yeah. he's actually done some great work in the last year to really hone his restorative to be much more on that solution side. He's come up with some great ones that have done some really good things for the, for the organization. But um, just, it's, it was interesting hearing that Kevin had it as number one. And I immediately started thinking of this gentleman that has it as his number one and, and where he's come from, you know, where he started and, and where he is now. Um, I'm sure Jessica's developer would be thrilled to meet this guy <laughs> and say, oh, this is how you develop that, that theme. Um, but yeah, two, two different takes within the same organization. Um, so. That's great. All right. So, so yeah, so we've, we've had a lot of fun sort of exploring in depth around this theme. Um, I want to take it a little lighter for a second, just because we know that there are people that might be listening to this episode and might need a, a quick takeaway of how to maybe remind themselves of this theme or how to maybe initially mm -hmm. engage with it. Um, we have, in all of our other episodes, talked about certain images or pop culture references. Um, I think Jen and I have each thrown in a song or two. Um, as, a, as a reflection of a certain theme. I'm wondering if you each, given that it is in your top five and it is in our mid twenties, um, <laughs> if there are images that you think are really appropriate or pop culture references that might be really appropriate um, to kind of highlight or introduce this theme to somebody else. Um, and I'm gonna start with you, Kevin, because it looks like you're giving this some serious thought. Okay. okay. <laughs> Was that Jessica? Oh, <laughs> I think she needs to. Uh, she needed to go address something real quick. It's okay. Oh, life happens. Um, so right. pop culture. So in terms of pop culture references, I can't help but think of almost the entire programming lineup on HGTV. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. Good Bones, and you know these these they take these basket case problem houses and turn them into something magnificent. Um, and I just I'm always fascinated by watching that journey. Um, so I would say that would be one pop culture reference. I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, image-wise. Um, I mean, for me, you know, I just it all goes back to the shed in the backyard and what a, what an unsightly mess that it was, um, and how you know we turned it into something much more attractive. And you know how how everybody that would come visit, they'd be like, "Wow, that's amazing!" You know, is that brand new? 
you know, nope, just a couple cans of paint and some <laughs> hard labor and <laughs> yeah. nice. Nice. Sorry, I had to dip out. My dog had a little slight emergency. Like, oh dear. Okay. Oh <laughs> Hope everybody's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think he's fine. Um, right. I'll tend to him a little later. Um, <laughs> tools. Is that what I heard? Like shed, Home yes. Depot. Is that what I hear? Images. We're thinking of images. Yeah. Oh yeah, Home shed. Depot. That's another good one. Going yeah, into okay. Home Depot or Lowe's. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, for me, the image that comes to mind is like a Swiss Army knife. Like always <laughs> having whatever tool or resource you need available to help solve the solution that that comes to mind um that's the image yeah that's great. Nice. The tools in general nice jen do you have do you have one that you would add i know this you is know, in our mid-20s you know it, theme rankings but and it doesn't and it doesn't really make sense but i i um mine was a microscope you know and like the little slides you know and then you like get to the root like we're looking for the problem and we're you know like getting to the root of it but mine was really more about seeing the problem again the deliberatives coming into the face here <laughs> seeing the problem not necessarily the solution to it so mine's only half so i don't think it's that great all right <laughs> what about you uh so the one i had um and this is a pop cultural reference but i as I've listened to both um, our guests talk. The image that keeps coming to mind is the um, character um, oh. Fixit Felix from the movie mm -hmm. Wreck-It Ralph. And he had that golden hammer. It does have a connotation around the tools, but he had this golden hammer and he would hit uh, the building that Wreck-It Ralph had just wrecked and it would immediately you know, come back, basically restored or, or reboot. Um, and oh. so uh, that was That's one. That's a great one. And then the other one, it kind of builds off of something, Kevin, you were just saying about like the HDTV um, imagery is so much, so many of those shows have like the before and after photo, right? Oh, you know, the, yeah. the absolute train wreck of a house that has been lived in, in 10 years, it's got trees growing up through it. And then the, the after photo um, of, you know, some magnificent mansion that, you know, somebody got for a steal um, <laughs> is I think, another great image to just keep in mind that sort of before and after is these this theme can do that great you know this is the problem before this is the solution after yeah nice so well that those are well, those are great images and and uh, and it's a good reminder for those that you know are just starting out and just understanding what restorative is to to be able to put some of those images in their yeah. mind and think like does that land for me does that make sense like how does that show up for me so i, I appreciate that so let's lean into um as we think about how others can best interact with those who have restorative in their top five what advice could you give to team leaders or peers to help the person who has restorative offer their best contribution to the team. Who wants to go first? Um, Let's go, Jessica, because she's already yeah. talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> go, Jessica. Uh, I got you. I'd say, like, you know, um, really lean into the fact that they're energized by problems, you know? So give them problems, <laughs> give them things that are, you know, if there's something keeping you up at night and, and or, you know, some, or even at work, something that's keeping an, a constant, a challenge or hurdle or obstacle, mm -hmm. uh, talk to that person about it. Um, and, and, and when working in teams, like I found myself most beneficial when I had the flexibility to kind of like move around and, and, and get to know like what are different um, individuals doing and, and what's keeping like what's keeping them from being successful. And um, so I, I'd say like fuel their creativity with uh, that 
allowing them to see different challenges and obstacles that might be a group or our team might be experiencing can fuel the creativity for solving a solution. So like my solution is more beneficial if it can not only help solve your issue, Chad, or and Jen's issue. Like, so the more problems I'm aware of, the more creative I can be with solutions. And so I'd say mm. like, this person problems, encourage them to, you know, come up with solutions, um, you know, uh, appreciate them, ask, you know, ask them, you know, what is the solution or what ideas do you have about how we can address this issue? There's a lot of ways you can kind of to help them offer their best to the team. Nice. And oh, one, I'm sorry, big thing is like involve them in the process early on because they might be able to identify problems that you're not even thinking of because mm -hmm. we are able to kind of like identify future problems in a sense, like, and not, as Kevin mentioned, probably to a greater scale, but like identify issues and things that you might encounter. So if you involve them in the, in the process of uh, when you're developing an ideal or a new thing, like that could be very beneficial. Yeah. Nice. Great. Thanks. Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, restorative has probably been one of my favorite um, strengths themes to leverage in leading, leading teams through change uh, or turnaround. One of the opportunities I had was a turnaround situation and I went in and morale was abysmal um, and it was problems everywhere and no one even knew where to begin. There was no energy. There was no, it was just like, we're just lost. We're spinning here. Um, and so what I would say is quickly, there was this one little exercise that we did and it quickly gave them self-confidence that, hey, we're going to fix this. Like, this is actually going to happen. We're actually going to be able to do this. And so I would say, to, you know, to every, to add on to what Jessica said, you know, in using to instill the confidence of the, those around you and the teams or the individual that you're coaching um, to show them that it can be done and it, it will be done. Um, and it's not such a daunting task after all, mm -hmm. if you just break it down into its parts and systematically go and, yeah. and fix it. Yeah. What I'm hearing is that level of hope you are giving to the to the team that this could this problem can be fixed. It's not, you know, broken forever. And what what a great way to motivate others and 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 to share yours. So um, yeah, yeah, that's a great answer. Karen, I, I want I'd, I'd be interested in sort of expansion of your answer. So for leaders that you have worked for. Um, that might not have restorative. You know, I'm I'm loving what you're saying about how you have brought your restorative. I'm curious, has there been anything that the leaders you've reported to, or maybe even the peers around you, have done to help bring that restorative out? You know, so that it wasn't say maybe hiding in the background that they're like, hey, we, you know, I don't I want to draw that out. ever hidden. <laughs> I don't think so either. But I'm curious, like, has there been anything that has um, you know, that they have done for you that has better facilitated your mm. ability to apply your restorative or brought it out or brought it to the attention of others. I, I guess I'm just trying to think of like other team leaders that might have somebody like you on their team, but they're figuring out how to bring that out or, or, or get that contribution on the table. What, what can they do to facilitate that? Um, you know, you have to, so there, I'm thinking back to one of the best change management journeys that I ever went on. Yeah. I reported to somebody who um, was very clear 
about expectations um, under no uncertain terms said, we have to do this. These are the, these are the three main areas and they have to be done within 12 months. Um, what tools do you need? What support do you need? And just tell me what it is I can do to support you. Um, and so then I've, I've then kind of used that person as a role model in some of my situations after that, where, you know, in helping other people, I just say, listen, you got to tell me what your obstacles are and what I can do to kind of clear your path. So I would say that it was, the, it was those leaders, you know, I've had, I've had both very good, very positive, and I've had far from good and far from positive. And the main difference was expect clearly setting the expectation up front supporting and delivering the tools resources to get it done and then kind of just stepping back and not micromanaging it staying kind of staying out of the weeds and just asking for like regular progress updates and then and then establishing uh, establishing an environment of strong and high trust where People felt confident in being able to go and say, listen, we're slipping here. We're behind schedule. We messed this up. Um, we, this is what we need to do to get back on track. And it was creating that kind of, you know, that safe environment to make sure that as long as we were being transparent and being realistic um, and and could prove that we weren't goofing off, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so what I'm hearing there is by having that high level of trust, you're offering people the opportunity to highlight the problems, kind of going back to what Jessica was saying, so that then restorative knows where to then plug into the operation. Is that, yeah. I, I, that you, that's... you said it so much more, but I just, I want to make sure I'm catching the main thread here is that's where the real opportunity is offering the, the, Hey, we're slipping here. And then restorative can be like, oh, the slip is where I solve. Is that what I'm hearing? That, yeah, okay. it's definitely absolutely okay. part of it. I just want to make sure I'm 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 connecting the right dots. My intellectual is picking up on the right thread there. <laughs> so um, I, I appreciate that. Um, was there anything else either of you want to add to to Jen's question? Um, I think you know, just like truly supporting someone with high restorative. If you if you empower them to actually solve the problem, like make sure they have what they need to solve that problem and, and truly give them the autonomy and, and trust to that they they their goal is to improve. It's not to continually cause more problems or to solve to come up with more problems. Like we don't, we're not always looking for a problem. We our goal is to to improve and to bring something back to 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 efficiency, full efficiency and where it's running. So I think a way that a leader is really supporting them and asking them what do they need and, and trusting them to to solve the problems and keeping them on track, setting the goal. What are the expectations? <laughs> How many problems do I need to solve? What's the priorities? Nice. So and I keep falling into this trap of thinking it's a thinking theme and then remembering, no, this is an executing theme. And you both yeah. have said it over and over again, you know, that this isn't just about seeing the problems and knowing the solutions. You actually want to get your hands dirty and get it done. You want to be part of the fix, part of the solution. And and I love yeah. I loved hearing that from both of you. Yeah. If we're just talking about problems all day with no solutions, best believe I might exit out of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> now. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, um, this has been an awesome hour of yes. conversation. I want to bring us in sort of for the, for the landing. And as 
you all know as being good coaches, sometimes it's helpful to have um, the person we're coaching summarize their conversation. So we are using that theme to, <laughs> to sort of wrap up our show. I'm curious in that vein, um, I'd like to come to each of you with maybe your top two or three takeaways, um, particularly if Jen and, ever, Jen and I ever clip these out as, as shorts mm -hmm. or to introduce the theme. Um, what are two or three key things that you think people should really know about this theme um, in sort of a succinct manner? Um, maybe if you can do it, you know, one, two, three bullet point. Um, what are your key takeaways? It, something that you either wanted to get to in this episode that you didn't necessarily have a chance to, to call out specifically or something that you'd really like to reemphasize from this episode. Um, Kevin, I'd like to start with you and, and just uh, finish with your thoughts uh, and then um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll start in the show with that. But Kevin, what would you highlight? Okay, so I would say number one, not all problems are bad and to be feared. Um, not everything that's broken is a bad, scary thing, um, that it can actually be incredibly rewarding and enjoyable to, to lean in and go at it and, and, do, you know, get it done. That'd be right. my first thought. Um, then yeah. Jessica, I'll let you, like, we can go, we can bat back and forth. <laughs> All right. We'll go back and go. forth. That's fine. We'll yeah. do that too. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Cause with that is 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 to for anyone dealing with someone high restored or someone high restored go from being problem problems driven to solutions driven you know really don't just focus on the problems power yourself and think through what is the solution and present that along with the problem so yeah kevin what's your number two so i would say like it's like okay now let's keep building right yeah. build over that. um it's you know it's it's not always about fixing a broken thing as it is, you know, continuing to grow and continuing to develop and continuing to evolve, you know, and continuing to get better, you know, either individually, personally, if it's, if you're, you know, coaching a client um, that's got like a personal challenge um, that it's not, you know, all about fixing something that's bad and broken. Um, it's about continuing on a, on a growth journey. Yeah, and, and you can apply that to you can apply that to a business process. You can apply that to a a failing department, um, you know, or a department that's just kind of stagnated, you know, and it just needs to keep going. Yeah, um, two for me would be uh, along those lines is is learn how to delegate, and this is again for someone with high restorative or anyone working with someone. So we want to solve all the problems sometimes, and we you know we we can do it. We know we can, but Sometimes we need to learn how to delegate and empower others to solve their own problems and give them the tools and the resources, teach them the, the the basic foundational things that they need. And if they're not a problem solver, I mean, we can just teach them how to connect with someone who can solve their problem. Um, so don't try to do everything yourself. Learn how to delegate, learn how to empower others um, and continue to solve the problems that you do solve. So yeah, that's number two for me. Nice. I, I have like to. Uh, I, I definitely. Got number yeah. three? That, that, one, that, one, oh. that one resonates for sure. Yeah. As far as, I'm, learning. Um, I'm still learning yeah. how to do that. So yeah. yeah and I, 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 I continue to struggle with it. I definitely yeah. continue to struggle with wanting to just zero in and, and go right to, you know, fixing yeah. and getting to this, the answer or the solution or the future state, whatever it is, instead of, you know, taking other people along for the ride, along for the journey, yeah. Yeah. empowering them, energizing them. And then, then, because then they build up their confidence Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is like, not all change is bad and to be feared. And, right. 
And I didn't realize how, I didn't realize that people are, aren't so adept to addressing problems. Like people sometimes avoid and run away from problems, you know, like they see a problem, they take a left or a right. <laughs> I like to face the problem head on. And, and, and so that's, that's, and it's in number three for me is it's energizing. Like I, it gives me energy to solve and, and to fix things because it's, it's, it just gives me energy. So that, I think that's a big one to take away from for those dealing with us problem solving lovers. Uh, that that <laughs> comment that comment right there makes me um if there's any uh, any fans of the band OAR that are going to watch this um you know go over and under around and around and I go through. Um, ah, <laughs> ah, nice. There you go. There you go. Nice. I was trying to think of a song related. That's a to great one. I think of one. That's a good one. Nice. That's very good. Nice work, Kevin. <laughs> so just offered a third one, Kevin, just to, my harmonies is going to kill me if I don't at least ask if you have a third or not. Um, oh, it's I okay if I, you don't, but. Um, no, I thought I delivered three. I'm oh, okay, sorry. awesome. All it. right. <laughs> OAR is his number three. OAR. Go listen yep, to the song. You'll same. understand where start him. Okay, awesome. Um, <laughs> I think that's an awesome high note to, to end on. I really appreciate all the energy and all the insight that you have shared today. This has just been fantastic. Uh, as Jed and I highlighted at the beginning, this theme for both of us resides somewhere in our mid-20s yes. in terms of our, th our wrecked order. Um, this has been very educational. I'm looking forward to taking some of your insights and thinking about some of my coaching clients going forward. So I just I would just want to say thank you um, to start. Uh, for our listeners, if you have enjoyed and gotten as much energy out of this episode as we have, um, I encourage you to leave us reviews, um, definitely rate us on the Apple podcast or, or Google podcast um, platform so that we can keep bringing um, awesome content like this. Um, and also we encourage you, you know, Jen and I post this on our LinkedIn and, um, and sometimes our Facebook accounts, engage with the conversation. We'd love to hear from you about what, uh, what else um, how else this theme comes out for people. So please feel free to engage with us and our, our wonderful guests um, going forward. Yeah, if you want to get in touch with either of our guest coaches today with Jessica or with Kevin, you're able to get their contact information in the show notes. And then as always, if you want to get in touch with, with either of us, Chad and me, please <laughs> use our respective links in the show notes too. Excellent. Yeah. So until next time, I'm Chad Adrian from Talent Teams Consulting, encouraging everybody to keep playing to their strengths. And I'm Jen Werner of Jen Werner Coaching, encouraging you to be uniquely you. Thank Thanks. you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.